Teachers Leverage Podcasts to supercharge student and professional learning. Today in the show, we get real nerdy and geek out on the SAMR model of tech integration and podcasting. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are teaching tomorrow. Welcome to this solo episode. Today I'm going to be sharing with you some of the highlights of a presentation that I put together for the site conference a couple weeks ago about using podcasts for students and teachers to supercharge learning. And I wanted to share these ideas out with you because it was a lot of fun putting together these uh, notes and these presentations, but obviously not everyone can attend a conference on a Saturday. So what better excuse than to put together a podcast episode about these ideas? I had obviously been using podcasts for myself for a while, and I've been exploring how to use them with my students for a couple of years off and on. And by compiling this presentation, I did a little bit of background learning about why podcasts work and what are some of the benefits of using them. So if you prefer to have a more traditional podcast episode where I talk to really cool people in education, come back next week. We're going to go into that kind of a mode a little bit later. But today is just me talking about podcasting for students and teachers. So kind of a meta experience because you're listening to a podcast, learning about podcasts. But in this episode, I want to explore how you might include podcasts in your listening curriculum. If you are a teacher of English or humanities, these are going to have some really natural connections for you. I also want to explore how listening can support reading, uh, how listening can support students who are English language learners, and also to inspire authentic engagement in whatever course you're teaching. And finally, I also want to pitch this idea to you about how we might better use podcasts for our own teacher learning and growth. Obviously, you know something about podcasts because you're listening to one right now. And a lot of teachers are now moving over towards the idea of putting a podcast on their subscribe button that they personally feel inspired by to help them with their professional growth. Uh, So I don't need to convince you about the power of using podcasts to augment your professional learning. I think that professional learning this year in the pandemic has been so different for many of us. We can't really gather together. We can't learn in necessarily the same ways. But I've also found that sitting in front of a computer screen, in addition to the time that I have to use it for teaching or sitting in front of a computer screen to mark or to plan is just really draining. So Many of us have been using podcasts as a way to infuse some learning when we're walking the dog or when we're doing the dishes, just as a way to you know keep thinking about best practices in education in a way that doesn't drain us and that can leave us feeling a little more energized and inspired because we're learning while we're walking through the woods or we're learning while we're driving, which would normally be kind of fallow time. Some of the things I found interesting about why we should use podcasts were for our students. I did a little bit of digging around before I put together this presentation was that students are generally able to listen two to three grade levels above their own reading level, which 
you know, it doesn't actually surprise me when I think about it as a mother of a almost five-year-old. He's able to listen to things that are pretty advanced for him and pick up on maybe not all of the message, but a lot of it. So being able to include podcasts for our students allows them access to a greater range of ideas and vocabularies, which especially if you have students who are struggling readers, this could be a really great way to allow them to have really in-depth, mature, nuanced, sophisticated ideas presented to them through podcasting. The other really cool thing that I discovered with some of my background research was that reading uh, while listening can boost reading comprehension by 76%. I'll put in the show notes where this information comes from, but it's a really obvious thing that when you're listening and reading at the same time, you are able to understand more and at a deeper level. Basically, reading comprehension could be broken down into an equation, which is just listening comprehension plus decoding. So if you can actually take away the decoding part of the equation, people are able to understand at a higher level. Uh, You probably already know a little bit about this intuitively, though, based on the fact that you are probably listening to podcasts regularly, you understand the power of them, and in fact, many of you are already using them with your students. So I hope that in this episode, we can leave you with some practical ideas and some tools to just help you do it like a little bit differently, or to think about some other strategies that may support you. If you've been around the edu tech world in the last little while uh, I would think about like oh maybe eight years ago I was introduced to the SAMR model for technology integration and SAMR stands for substitution augmentation modification and redefinition Uh, The SAMR model, again, I'll link to in the show notes so you can see a really nice visual from Sylvia Duckworth. She does amazing visuals of topics and ideas in education. The SAMR model is just really a way for us to think about how we use technology in our classrooms. I, I remember when people were first starting to introduce things like iPads in the classroom. And I think that there was just this idea, whether it was um, commonly understood, but I think I had this idea that if you have an iPad in the classroom, that's great. Good, Go on you. Woohoo, you're using some technology. But the SAMR model for technology integration says, if you're just using the tech tool as a direct substitution, that's probably not the most interesting or powerful use of technology. We have so many more things that we can do with these tools and that we can actually think about uh, like going deeper into an ocean by looking more towards how we might use technology to modify learning and tasks and projects, or even how we might even redefine learning. So just to break it down, substitution is basically technology acting as a direct substitute with really little or no functional change. So for example, when we're thinking about podcasting, uh, substitution might be listening to a podcast in class rather than reading information. So the direct substitute is instead of reading, you listen. Instead of having your teacher read it out loud to you, you listen to it from a podcast. So yeah, it's cool. It's interesting. It changes things up a little bit, but the technology of a podcast doesn't directly uh, 
change deeply what students are doing. Many of us are already doing things like this in our classroom, but this may be things like helping students engage with a higher level content. So by doing the direct substitution of having a podcast rather than reading a news article, students are able to access information at a higher reading level than if they were just reading. It also exposes learners to complex vocabulary. So here's where, you know, we should be thinking about our ELL students and how hearing vocabulary, hearing authentically how people are speaking can help enrich language development. It also really brings novelty to our program, uh, especially right now when there's so much that is just being delivered through a screen. And yeah, there's only so much we can do if you're learning in a hybrid model or if your students are learning uh, virtually right now, like so many students in Ontario are. Uh, but it gives something different. So I think that for my students in middle school, we need to try to find moments of novelty. So for example, you know, when we were still in person, it was still a lot of stuff being delivered through a screen because there's only so much we can do when students have to be distanced in a classroom. So I, one class turned off the lights uh, or dimmed the lights as much as we could because it was during the day. And we listened to a podcast from the Secret Life of Canada on the Indian Act. And the students just listened while they were coloring. I brought in like this mandala coloring book and they each got a page and it was a 40 minute listening experience. And they were so focused. They were so, uh, you know, in that activity. And so many of them, the next day when I came into their class, they said, oh, can we, can we listen to another podcast in color? And I know that they were able to access that information because you know, the conversations that we had about the Indian Act, they remembered so much more because it was a different experience for them. So still, we're in the, still the range of direct substitution. You know, they could have read all that information or I could have read them something about the Indian Act, but it was novel. It was new. And they were able to do something outside of a screen. So the learning changed a little bit for them. Uh, other things that we may do that could be uh, helpful is just a way to differentiate the information that we're sharing. So it could be, hey, we're trying to understand more deeply, say, about the Indian Act. Here's an article you read. Here's a podcast you could listen to. Here's an Edpuzzle video you could do. And a podcast is just one of the possible menu items on the list. Still direct substitution, but it gives some variety for the students. The other really important thing for ELL students in our classrooms is that when we listen to a podcast where they're interviewing real people and there is a natural back and forth in the conversation, it gives students the opportunity to hear how actual English speakers speak with pauses, slang, ums, ahs, all of that awkwardness included because that's how real people talk. So again, totally in the realm of direct substitution, but reasons why it's just great to include a podcast in your listening curriculum. Some of my favorite podcasts that I've included in my own courses, I mentioned The Secret Life of Canada, which is a CBC podcast. I'm obsessed with it right now, and I want to listen to every single episode that they've put out. Fantastic if you're a history teacher, humanities teacher. Um, it ties in with science concepts really nicely. 
Uh, obviously, This American Life is one of the oldest and best known podcasts out there. They have topics on pretty much everything in a very comprehensive website that you can access to find, you know, that one perfect story about that one topic that you're looking at. Uh, Radio Lab is another really great example of interesting, easy to access science concepts that uh, apply to so much that we do in life. For English teachers, um, Limetown is an amazing podcast that I really got obsessed with a little while ago. Limetown is, it's a non, so it's, sorry, it's fiction, so it's a story, and they tell it through episodes beautifully done fantastic quality it's so professional like you feel like you're immersed into this world and then there's a book and then you know you're like it's these two very different ways of telling a story that both you know have their limitations and advantages and then the third part is a second season of Limetown so you do one season on the podcast one in a book and then one in again another season of a podcast it's fantastic and a little bit spooky and creepy, but also age appropriate for middle school, which I was really surprised by. Like when I first listened to it, I wasn't listening with the lens of a teacher on. But then when I re-went back and listened to it, I was like, oh, actually, this is, you know, there's nothing hugely inappropriate. So very applicable for, you know, at least grade eight and up. Uh, so those are some of my favorite podcasts to include just for straight up direct substitution. Uh with distance learning, when students are learning at different times, it gives students in the class time to listen asynchronously. So depending on how your school is set up, it may be something where this class, we're going to take a walk and listen to this podcast and we're going to discuss it tomorrow. Uh, but if you're actually in person, it's great to just dim the lights, put their head down or to color while they're listening. I mean, that's how we listen to things in the real world. So it's important that we can replicate that in some ways for our students. There's also, you know, for some of us that are worried about accountability or students checking out, you may just play a short clip in class and have breakout discussions in breakout rooms or in person. The next level of the SAMR model, so we've done substitution, the A in SAMR is augmentation. So in the augmentation level, we're going a little deeper and the tech is acting as a direct tool substitute with functional improvement. So things that, you know, it's a little bit better than if you didn't have the technology. So for example, with augmentation, something that we might consider with podcasts is being able to use the podcast to listen. And at the same time, students could have the transcript highlighted back to them while they're reading. Uh, another option could be to turn the podcast into an Edpuzzle video by taking the audio and turning that into a video file. Pretty simple if you've got quick time on your computer. And then you can pause the Edpuzzle video and have that ask questions back to the students to keep them engaged and accountable in that listening experience. The other great tool that I found out about from the Angela Watson's Truth For Teachers podcast is called ListenWise. And I have never used ListenWise before, but I'm very excited by it and I've explored a little bit. It's paired with NPR. And so ListenWise, from what I can understand, offers a pretty amazingly deep 
library of content for teachers. And then it gives you transcripts. So as students are listening to the audio, the transcript can play for the students and highlight the words as it's going. Like just imagine how easy and simple that is, but for somebody who is a struggling reader or somebody who is an ELL student, those little functional improvements can really change the game. The ListenWise content is it's got a free library for teachers. So as a teacher, you can go in and sort of peruse around and then you have to pay for it to add students. And you also get a free 30 day trial with it. So a little bit of a way to get your feet wet. Uh, really awesome too, because one of the common challenges that teachers have said in terms of using podcasts is that it's really difficult to find the time to pre-listen to the content. And there's just so much out there in the world of podcasts. So how do you know what is good and what is not so great or what students will get into and what they won't? So amazing that ListenWise, you know, they pre-select content for you. And because it's curated for teachers, if you're having one of those days where you don't have the energy or the bandwidth to pre-select, you can trust that it's going to be appropriate for students. So it gives you that ability to curate and search for new tools that will be handy for you and you don't have to do all that work yourself. The next level of the SAMR model is modification. So here we're talking about how podcasts allow for significant task redesign, things that could not have been possible without the technology. So things that I thought of would fit under modification for podcasts would be recording an interview. Say you're writing a journalist, a journalism piece, you're recording an interview for a news article, but then you can turn that recording into a short podcast episode. Everybody has the power to record in their pocket with their smartphones. You know, like the quality is not amazing. Of course, if you have a better microphone setup, the quality goes up. But you can be recording very easily through your computer now with Zoom or with Meet or with your phone. Another example of modifications could be recording a panel discussion with a group of students or have students pull together a group of experts on a topic um, and it could be played back for a class or community. I'm seeing so many more students now uh, interview somebody, record it on Meet and then share that in an assembly rather than have the guest expert come all the way into the school. Obviously, we're not in that kind of paradigm where guest experts are coming in. So this idea of interviewing someone and share it back with your community, that was not possible before we had this technology. So a great example of modification there. Uh, many of my teaching colleagues have done a similar project to this, but modification might be interviewing an elder in their life um, and then piecing that together using tools like GarageBand or Audacity to add in music, commentary, student reflection, so modification, in other words, is students creating their own podcast content. When I transitioned teaching from the junior level, so I was teaching grade six, and then I moved into grade seven, which is a new division in my school, uh, one of the first projects that I did with my students was called This Middle School Life, which was kind of a playoff of This American Life. And this was their first major assignment in grade seven. So that we're talking like this was 2013 that I did this project. So I went back and I dug up all the files from the project. And, you know, I was like, oh, that rubric wasn't so great. Or, oh, I, would, I could have been more clear with the learning goals here. So I didn't want to like share those out with everybody. You know, when you look at a project from almost 10 years ago and you're like, I'm kind of embarrassed by that. But the bones of it, I still really like. This idea I gave the students of 
hey, we're moving into the middle school and what do you want to find out about this new chapter of your life? So they had to ask a question about something related to the middle school. Uh, and then they, based on that question, had to record something, an interview, a conversation, a real life experience, and to turn that into a short three to five minute audio segment for a podcast. Some of the questions, it was really fun to dig up and look at some of the students' work because like many of these students, I, all of these students have all graduated and gone on to university. So it's cool to hear their voices again when they're, you know, just grade seven students. Uh, some of their questions were, what was middle school like for my grandma? Are dances as awkward as the movies make them seem? How do I make new friends? <sighs> yeah. What is it like for new students at my school? What would it like to be a teacher in the middle school? And my favorite, what is detention like? <laughs> so valid questions that, you know, obviously students are always asking, but then to give them the vehicle of a podcast. One student went to a school dance and interviewed people at the dance and recorded segments of, you know, just the chaos of a middle school dance. Uh, one student traded places with me for a class where she got to be the teacher and I got to be the student for a class just to see what it felt like to be a teacher. Another student purposefully got herself a detention. <laughs> I think that she like wore the wrong shoes one day just to find out like what would happen after she, I don't even know how she got the detention. She might've just asked to get into the detention room. I don't know what happened there, but she sat in a detention just to see what it was like. And then uh, once they recorded their segments or their audio pieces, uh, we spent a little bit of time learning GarageBand. I find GarageBand really easy, uh, maybe just because I grew up with Apple and I kind of understand that operating system. But uh, if you in your school don't use Apple, Audacity is a free program that's really easy to download and there's a lot of tutorials out there on YouTube. So I kind of made them a few uh, tutorial videos, like I think three, like how to cut things, how to embed music into your post, how to record, like really, really basic stuff. So I gave them a little bit of time to learn the GarageBand platform and the the requirements of that project of what they needed to do in terms of editing were pretty basic. I just wanted them to have uh, the sound clips, the commentary, the reflection, and anything else that they added, like music or intro and outro, all of that was just like bonus, basically. Uh, mostly the students recorded it on their phones and their computers. It wasn't difficult in terms of they already knew how to use many of those tools. And for those students who needed to have some extra support, we were really lucky to have tech integrators that could uh, help them answer those questions as things were going. But that experience was a really good example of modification. It was using the podcast tool to have students uh, go deeper into a question to have the permission to ask questions to different people. Like most of the time they wouldn't uh, need to talk to their grandma about her middle school experience, but having that podcast allowed us to get into, for example, significant task redesign. You know, like the idea of recording things and interviewing people wasn't really something that I needed to think about when I moved into grade seven because the tools weren't there for it. So that's why it kind of fits into that modification. So if we look through that SAMR model, we've touched on substitution, which is just the tool is basically a direct substitute with no functional change. We've touched on augmentation. The tech acts as a direct tool substitute with some functional improvement. Uh, modification, 
podcast allows for significant task redesign. And then the last category is redefinition. So when I was first thinking about this SAMR model, I was thinking, oh, well, obviously, like redefinition, that's students making their own podcasts. But I actually had to rethink about it because the idea of redefinition is that the technology, in this case, podcasting, allows for the creation of new tasks previously inconceivable. So after thinking about it, I realized, oh, for me, my understanding of redefinition, it's that traditional professional learning is completely put on its head with podcasting. The model of professional learning is usually we sign up for a course, we go to a conference, we take on a workshop and we participate in it. We maybe learn some information, maybe we don't, maybe we share it, maybe we don't, but it's a very individualized experience and often very siloed and often very, I mean like, usually very private it's something that you do for you or for your school and these like kind of insular experiences but podcasting allows us to redefine and redesign professional learning so we could actually use the tool of podcasting to interview experts and publish the content for other people to benefit from. I mean, that's basically what I've been doing for the last three years with this podcast is having a permission slip to talk to cool people to learn. I mean, yes, it is deeply selfish that I get to choose the people that I want to talk to, that I get to create the questions, but then it becomes this public act. Like I kind of Think of it as like a public service and share that out with other people. That's really what professional learning could be for all of us. That it's not just about me and my individual needs as a teacher, but hey, how can we all benefit from this? How can we all grow from this? I, I totally think that all teachers could have a podcast. Not that I think you should, but I think that it is completely within the realm of possible that if you want to have a permission slip to go talk to people, there's really nothing stopping you from starting your own podcast. It doesn't need to be perfectly polished. It doesn't need to be highly produced. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that is true because these are not highly polished or highly produced shows. Uh, it doesn't even need to be very good. Like I, when I'm researching other guests, sometimes I listen to them on other podcasts and I'm like, oh, cool. Like it's it's awkward sometimes. It's clunky. I mean, I embrace the awkward and the clunky. Listen to my first episode. It's all about embracing the awkward imperfections. And there's still tremendous value in doing it anyway, sharing it out anyway. You don't have to have a huge audience. Seth Godin really changed that mindset for me, where he talks about the long tail of things. You know, you don't have to have a hundred million people reading your book in order to have value in publishing your book. If you publish something and three people read it, that is worthwhile. So teachers having a podcast is significant redesign. It redesigns professional learning for the individual who has the podcast, but then it also redefines the community of people who are listening. You know, at this early stage of this podcast, it's only been around for three years, but most of the people that are listening know me in some way. So it becomes this like community of people where we all kind of get better together. And we're talking to people on the podcast that many people also know. So it becomes this kind of 
community conversation. You imagine if each school had their own professional learning podcast where each teacher got permission slips to go interview cool people and to put it out on their school's podcast. Or imagine if you and your friends just, you know, once a month came together and did a roundtable conversation and published it for other people to benefit from it. I think that we're a lot more comfortable with this idea of blogs. You know, I first joined Cohort 21 teaching and blogging just seemed to be an obvious connection that you have things to say, you have things to share, put it out there. I think people are way less comfortable putting themselves out there in the form of a podcast, but it's essentially the same thing. This is essentially an audio blog. So if you're comfortable already with the idea of an audio blog, think about podcasting. It's, you know, the next way for us to change up our learning. And just because there's already a hundred bajillion podcasts out there doesn't mean you shouldn't put yours out there too. So just put it out there. If you want to start a podcast, DM me, find me on Twitter. If you have my email, send me an email. I will talk to you about it and I will share what I've shared. I've been really lucky that I've been able to reach out with other people who have podcasts and they were able to give me some tips and ideas before I got started. So I am here for you. I can answer your questions. It's really not as hard as, um, you think it might be. So teacher podcasts, I very much promote it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, But obviously it's not for everybody. It is a little bit more of an out there way to learn. So another way to redefine um, is thinking about how students might redefine. Many of our schools have student newspapers. Student writing, students editing, advised by a teacher often, and published. So anybody could have a copy of it. Teachers, faculty, parents, um, you know, very much for the community. Generally, you don't find people with a school newspaper who have nothing to do with that school. So it's really about that community. But students, instead of having a school newspaper, could easily have a school podcast where students are advised by a teacher They become the experts in editing. And like, if you really go deep into it, you can really nerd out on some of these tools like Audacity and GarageBand and get very good at it very fast. There's no shortage of tutorials out there on how to really polish those skills. Um, And then students can go out there and record conversations with people, interview people who have a passion for something. And, you know, a small team of like 10 to 12 people could become that school's student podcast. Uh, And especially if, you know, those students are aware of some of the, uh, you know, privacy concerns with putting their voices out there and their parents pre-approve of that kind of um, publishing idea, you can get really cool work from students about what they think about school and what they think about this expert or this author who wrote this book. Let's go interview them. Again, it's similar to the idea of a school newspaper, but the power of publishing with a podcast is a little bit wider, a little bit bigger. You know, there's some really cool young people that have created podcasts that have gotten some really great traction. Um, I think the name is Ty Asks Why. I might be getting that wrong, but I'll put it in the show notes. It's a teenager on a CBC podcast who's asking really great questions and, you know, just started it on their own, I'm pretty sure. And now it's a pretty big deal podcast out there. So, student work could have a bigger impact than a school newspaper possibly could could provide. You know, maybe that is more about a modification level, but I think that there is something redefining about students having that kind of power and control 
over a podcast. Um, another really great way to get students taking more ownership for that kind of learning, uh, the New York Times does an annual student podcast contest, which I'll put the link for in the show notes. Uh, but it's coming up in May. So maybe by the time you get this episode out, it's already passed. But it looks like they're doing it every year. But it's a great way for students to have their voice heard and to have an excuse to create this really interesting content. It's important to name that you know, there's these four different levels of SAMR, substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition, that the goal is not to be re redefining everything that we do with technology or with podcasts. It's not as if redefinition is like the goal or the best way to do podcasting. I think that the idea of substitution and the idea of augmentation could be you know, the best use of your time and your energy and the most effective way of students deepening their learning. It's up to us as educators to kind of know what is the most valuable way of using that tool for our students in that unit at that time with what's going on, you know, for example, with the global pandemic. You don't need to be redefining everything we do. But it's important, I think, to use the SAMR model to understand the different layers of embedding technology and leveraging technology for our students. One is not better than the others, they just do different things. Um, the image that I'm actually looking at right now that Sylvia Duckworth created, at the for each of the levels, S, A, M, and R, you're just going deeper down into the water. So substitution is a little person in a canoe. Augmentation, somebody is snorkeling. Modification, they're like deep sea swimming. And then maybe they're even like with scuba gear on. And then redefinition, you're in a submarine. So obviously like sometimes it's better to be in a submarine than in a canoe, but sometimes the canoe is exactly the right tool and the right use of that tool. So those are some of the ideas I have around using student podcasts and using teacher podcasts in the classroom. Uh, I'm still figuring this out, but I wanted to offer these thoughts to you as something that may push you a little bit further forward or perhaps open you up to a different way of thinking about podcasting in your own practice and for your students. Always amazed at how long I can talk when I sit down to record these solo episodes. Hopefully you enjoyed it if you're listening this long, but I would love to hear what you think. You can reach out to me on Instagram at teaching underscore tomorrow or on Twitter at teach underscore tomorrow. And of course, I would absolutely love it if you shared your feedback with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every one of them and it's a really awesome way to let me know if you love these solo episodes, maybe you want nothing to do with them, or let me know if you have an idea for the show. Speaking of which, I'm trying to pull together a show about how teachers are encouraging students to learn with their cameras on and unmuting themselves. It's a struggle for all of us and it's something that I personally want to get better at. So if you've had even the smallest moments of victories with this that you would be comfortable sharing on the podcast, reach out. I would love to hear from you. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Keep redefining your normal. And remember, we are teaching tomorrow.